Thank you for joining us. This is the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob, and I will be your host and comrade today. Joining me are these two people to my left, or maybe right. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Hello, Trisha. Your hostess with the most is France. <laughs> Hi, uh, this is Scott Williams, the guy they dragged along for this. Mm -hmm. Kicking and screaming the entire way. <laughs> <laughs> this was coercion, not consent. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Tonight's being is Mario. <laughs> I found a Mario soundboard and I never should have. I never should have opened it. It's like I'm 12 again. <laughs> right. But hey, it, it's definitely fun. We can make use of it. This will appeal to our, our niche market. We all grew up on Mario. <laughs> that's That's everybody after the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we do have some things to talk about. Um, a few things pertaining to the Patrick Loyola. Oh my God, I today cannot pronounce that name apparently. Anyway, um, I'm not even going to try. Huh? We're going to be talking about Starbucks and Amazon unionization. Uh, we're going to talk about Trump. We're going to, we're going to talk shit about Trump. We're going to talk shit about Biden. Um, we're going to talk shit about Elon. Oh my God. That dumbass. Yeah. We'll probably talk some shit about Zelensky too. I know that I want to talk about Russia cutting off the gas to Poland because like Poland and Bulgaria, Poland and Bulgaria are calling it blackmail, but like. They literally told them like a month ago, if you don't pay in rubles, you're not getting any gas. And then they didn't pay in rubles. And now they're like shocked that they're not getting any gas. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they, they told you they're, they're, they're accepting payment in rubles or I believe gold was the other option. Yeah, but uh, they tried to pay in euros. Yeah. And that is not like, like euros, the currency, gold. not euros, the food. Right. Just to, just to clarify. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you now something to hit the Mario sound on you. <laughs> I just say I don't have control of the soundboard, but man, don't I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. By the way, uh, there's no red in my background. But my face will make up for that. Yes. So don't worry. Balance. It's balance. Yes. You've got the contrast right. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, oh so, man. I also really like it when people are get get really upset about when you stop sending them things you need when you're providing their enemies with weapons. That's neat. Right. Right. It really is. This is blackmail. Well, I don't know. 
<laughs> this is blackmail. <laughs> well, I mean, are you sure it's not karma? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I, I thought we were starting with Trump. What, what is <laughs> happening right now? Shit happens. My favorite topic, Donald Trump. Scott's always, or Scott's all like, yeah, we should start with domestic policy. And now we're like, orange man bad. Indeed, wow. orange man very bad. But, but then it'll be senile white man bad after that. <laughs> well, I mean, that does technically apply in both cases. Only one of them gets himself spray painted orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So um, <laughs> a judge is holding former President Trump in civil contempt for failing to comply with document subpoenas from the New York Attorney General. Surprise. But, okay, so like, Obviously, he didn't comply with the subpoena for documents. Of course he didn't. He never does. But he's going to be fined $10,000 a day until he does. Uh, <laughs> Which he won't uh, <laughs> Well, right. Right. But at least they're, like, putting a dollar amount to it, right? Like, I mean, I feel like all the courts going after Trump have been so spineless whether it's pertaining to his business practices or January 6th doesn't really matter to me. Either way, they have had no balls going after him. Yeah. Truth. No, I mean, they, haven't, they never have. Right. Um, Trump's attorney says, we, will respect, or we respectfully disagree with the court's decision today. All documents, as explained, responsive to the subpoena, were already produced to the attorney general months ago. But a person with the attorney general's office said Trump failed to produce even a single responsive document for the subpoena issued to him in December. He said, quote, we are being hampered in our uh, best efforts to have a complete understanding because we don't have evidence from the person who sits at the top of the organization. Obviously, this investigation is into Trump's company. It's not one of the January 6th things. Um, Kevin Wallace with the Attorney General's office said, in some instances, it's been like pulling teeth to get documents. Surprise. Like I said, he's been doing this. He's been doing the same shit with the January 6th uh, trials, and nobody's even tried to hold him accountable for it. I like that he respectfully disagreed with the court. I wish I could do that. (laughs) Dude, no. <laughs> Respectful gray officer. I won't be ending up. I will not be paying my fines. <laughs> right. And get away with it. <laughs> like right. how how does he get to get a jail out of or get out of jail free card, you know? <laughs> um like what this the is two sets of rules. Two this sets of rules. He always plays of like, oh, I know you subpoenaed that, but fuck you. Uh, I just don't feel like giving you the files you're asking for. Like, repeatedly, with everything. How is he not in jail? It's wild. It's it's wild to me that somebody can thumb their nose at the court for so long, uh, have complete disregard for anything. We were talking about this, uh, about the numerous police shootings. If, there, if the law doesn't apply to everyone, there is no law. 
Well, that's true here, just as it is with those police officers. The law doesn't apply to this man. It doesn't exist. There is no law. Right. We're a country uh, built on laws. And if that's if this is the case, if, if, if this keeps eroding and people keep getting away with this kind of thing and the damages, the, the, the punitive part of this isn't punishment enough, then there's no reason to, to have any kind of rule of law. Right. If they're not applying equally, then what the fuck? Right. So Haba, uh, Alina Haba, is Trump's attorney, uh, argued that the attorney general's investigation has, quote, seemingly become aimless, saying that since it began three years ago, the Trump organization has been given six separate subpoenas, produced more than six million pages of documents, and 13 Trump organization witnesses have been deposed, among other things. I have to wonder, though, out of these six million pages of documents, how many of them are blank? Right. Or just have so much of the pages blacked out with a Sharpie so you can't read the text. <laughs> you remember when he, like, took a fucking hurricane map and, like, changed the path with a Sharpie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's not how weather works, Don. <laughs> See him in court, like, just crossing out any document that says guilty. Right. <laughs> We're just going to ignore this guilty. because I, I don't agree with it. I, I respectfully disagree. I respectfully disagree. Sir, this is just a document that you put not before guilty on. <laughs> just, just wrote this in Sharpie. Right. It's Scroll like a family guy sketch. It's that bad. It really is. You no, know? Family Guy sketch would probably at least be a little bit funnier. <laughs> yeah, right, instead of tragic. Although, well, <laughs> really, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> God. So the New York Attorney General, Letitia James's office, has been investigating the Trump Organization for more than two years, not more than three, as Trump's attorney said, and previously said her office found multiple misleading or fraudulent misstatements and omissions in the Trump Organization's financial statements, which were provided to lenders and insurers, among others, as part of its investigation. So, like, weird. Uh, fraud guy is, uh, you know, like, putting misleading or fraudulent paperwork in. Who would have ever seen that coming? Cue I'm the so fry. Shy. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> cue, cue the fry gif. Shocked! Shocked. Well, <laughs> not that shocked. <laughs> um, so if you go into the chat deal in here, I sent the link to uh, the Biden article, right? Which I, I'm not going to read this whole article. In short, just like that was, this is just a chance to track Biden from the left, I guess. Um, I, I guess I feel that the, the need to make the obligatory the Democrats are not the left statement. Yep. <laughs> uh, and if you if you need further proof for that, this headline should settle that for you. Biden asked Congress this morning for $33 billion additional dollars to support Ukraine through September. 
$33 billion. This is not the first run of uh, money for Ukraine. And that's only until September. Right. That. You know, excuse me, it's a lot later here than it is for you guys. Um, the, the thing that shocks me about, and you know that I, I, I disagree with you about uh, Putin war, or I know that we agree about Putin, and, but I am in utter disgust and disdain for the man. But, uh, but, uh, and, I, and I see the value in supporting any opposition to him. I do. Uh, and I'll get that out there, but I really think $33 billion, he, you know, he, that's money better spent on, you know, like buying Twitter. <laughs> Damn. That's 11 billion shy of buying yeah. Twitter just for the record. It is. You know, when you get up to that, isn't it all just peanuts? I mean, yeah. He's like he's claiming that it's for humanitarian and military aid, and it's like, yeah, probably a little tiny smidge of humanitarian and a fuckload of military aid. Um, I mean, that's what we're seeing so far, to be honest. Now that there isn't humanitarian aid, but like, I mean, yeah, the Red Cross is on the ground, and there is other groups that are on the ground, but most of our tax dollars that have gone into it have been in military aid. I mean, we just sent like fucking ninety Howard howitzers over there. We've sent, we've sent uh, anti-tank weapons, anti-air weapons. We've sent drones. We've sent missiles, and obviously, we've sent guns. Right. Yeah. And now we need another thirty-three billion to send more Howard, more howitzers, more drones, more rifles, more yep. ammo. I pulled a little further, and right off the bat, twenty point four billion of it is specifically for security and military assistance, and there's additional money to fund U.S. efforts to bolster European security in cooperation with NATO allies. So that's vague as fuck. I'd love to know how much those additional funds are and what exactly that spending with NATO allies is. It's um, all of it. Because you just you just said two thirds of the money that they're they're uh, giving is automatically going to to weapons, right? Yep. What yep. you is what you just said. So then on top of that, there's some discretionary spending, right? On for whatever. So what's that say to you? This is the, well, that all right. Two thirds of it are gone. The rest of it's going. Well, they might have a hundred million dollars to go into humanitarian aid, but I doubt that's even true. Same. Right. Uh, they listed here that uh, this is intended to equip Kiev and European partners with additional mili additional artillery, armored vehicles, anti-armor and anti-air capabilities, um, access, I can't even talk, accelerate <laughs> cyber capacity, not capacities, capabilities, accelerate cyber capabilities, <laughs> and <laughs> advanced defense systems. Um, uh, and to help clear landmines and improvised explosive devices. So, yep, yeah, it's all arming them to the fucking hilt even more than we already have. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Uh, the total will help fund Ukraine's government, support food, energy, and healthcare services. Where? Oh, 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 the $8.5 billion to help support the Ukrainian economy. That's what will fund... Uh, you know, food, energy, healthcare, and Ukraine's government. 
And and this is kind of concerning as well. Encounter Russian disinformation and propaganda narratives. Now, I understand that at the end of the day, uh, you know, you and I probably view the Ukraine situation a little differently. I mean, I, I think all of us have a slightly different stance on it, honestly. Um, but I can see the value in backing someone that is defending their country, right? Which I'm not saying that Ukraine isn't. Okay, they, they have been invaded by Russia. However, what I do have a problem with is that we're spending billions of dollars arming Nazis. Yeah. That in the fact of the matter is we funded putting those Nazis in place in that coup, which is where our government went wrong with this eight years ago in the first fucking place. Well, I mean it's it's been deeper than that. The 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 Nazi ideology has been prevalent there since World War Two. Yeah, it never went away. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that, like, every Ukrainian is a Nazi or anything crazy like that. No, but a lot of their government are. There are multiple neo-Nazi fucking political parties that have locked arms with each other. And they've got huge influence. That's and, they, and they banned every left-wing party. 11 yep. of them, to be specific. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and we've had this discussion... Um, a few times before where you know they're using um they're blatantly using uh nazi symbols and they're banging the drum of the nazi rhetoric and in 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 a lot of what they're doing so even if that's a minority okay even if that is the minority in the country the discussion we had previously, in which I argued that it was the minority in the Ukraine, the feedback that you gave, which I, I received well, I think, was even if it is the minority, they're allowing this group to have political power. They're allowing this group to thrive. They're arming this group. And they're allowing them to play a big part in in their political process. So if that's the case, no, not every Ukrainian is is a Nazi. And I would argue that the majority of them are probably not Nazis. But the fact that they're allowing that group to to thrive really speaks ill of them. And it shows to me that we're just uh, trading one bad guy for another. Right. And a big part of that problem with the people there who are not Nazis, um, it, they've been silenced because they've figured out during Maidan that those who speak out against this Nazi coup get fucking killed. That's pretty par for the course for Nazis. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, that's a big part of how this war even started to begin with. And uh, again, I'm not trying to like make excuses for Russia. I don't think that a land invasion on a largely innocent population is necessarily the way to take care of it. However, Ukraine has been attacking the Donbass region for eight years. There's documentaries about it. Even our own media, like on February 1st, was talking about Ukraine's right-wing problem. And then all of a sudden, February 24th, they're like, oh, Slava Ukraine. Right. You don't hear it. Right. Immediately changing their tune like, 
instead of calling out Nazis, they're like, wait, it's a long story, bro. And it's like, no, no, we're not playing that shit. <laughs> a Nazi's a Nazi. And when they're flying Nazi shit and got Nazi badges on their shoulders, guess what? They're fucking Nazis. Right. When they're genociding, you know, ethnic Russians along with the ethnic Jews and ethnic Romani that they've been killing for the last fucking eight years in the Donbass region. Um, yeah, and they're still slaughtering them as they try to escape. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the NPR article that I, I read uh, at the start on the onset of all this is that they were like, oh, the Ukrainian Nazi problem, is it real or is there more to it? And anytime you have to say, is there more to it? Should we really, should, should we really be, Listen, the minute I put a swastika on my arm, uh, the, the conversation about, oh, well, maybe he's got a little more to what he's saying here. Maybe he's got a, a softer approach than Hitler. You know, that's just crap. Right. Crap. Yeah, their softer approach being, we'll just, you know, shoot you in the head. It's quicker than the gas. I, I mean, to be yeah. fair, the, the Soviets may, you know, use the wall a time or two. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. But that's to shoot the Nazis, not to shoot the Jews. Right. <clears throat> Listen, Tanky. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay, so uh, I guess next we'll move into the... Uh, Patrick Loyoya. Why can I not say that yeah. today, dude? I, I'm so glad you, I don't have to because I, I I screw it up every time. So I mean, apparently, me too. Now <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it just fine last week, and now it's like really pissing me off. I does not deserve this abuse beyond what he's endured. Um, so basically the, the article was, uh, there was an article I should say that was, um, talking about his, uh, Patrick's criminal record in Kent County and Wyoming, apparently. And, uh, Ben Johnson, one of the attorneys representing the family addressed the crim criminal record. There, there was an active warrant for a second offense, domestic violence charge. And as signed on April 1st in the city of Wyoming, uh, just three days before he was shot and killed uh, by Officer Christopher Schur, who was identified Monday, um, which is probably because he had already been doxxed. Well, maybe not right. doxxed, but... Well, yeah, not fully, because they didn't kick out like his address and shit. But he'd been identified already. Somebody yeah. put the thing skills to work and uh, found his uh, graduation picture from the police academy. Probably one of the kids he bullied in high school. Um, Interesting. Yeah, right. Some are questioning whether or not the warrant was the reason why Patrick tried to run, uh, to which Attorney Johnson replied it could or could not have been, but nobody knows for sure and nobody will know because Patrick is not here to answer that. And then uh, Johnson went on to say, quote, it doesn't matter why he tried to run because the office can't use deadly force simply because he wasn't complying straight up. 
They're not the judge. They're not the jury. They're not the executioner. As far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't even be carrying firearms. Nope. Especially, I mean, think about it. Does Michigan even have the death penalty anymore? I don't think so. Right. They do, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's 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 in the hands of every police officer that's out there, apparently. Well, that. But I Michigan was the first state to abolish the death penalty, though. You you can't yeah be found guilty in a court of law and uh, sentenced to death by the court. So why are pigs allowed to fucking sentence you to death of their own volition? That's the question, right? You know, I mean, and, and again, it goes back to the whole situation we were talking about with Trump. What are we doing here? Right. What, what is what law are we talking about? The law does not apply to this officer. It sure did to that poor kid. You know. <clears throat> okay. Right. So, uh, you want to know when Michigan banned capital punishment? Yeah. May eighteenth, eighteen forty-six. Michigan oh, had yeah. been a state less than ten years before banning capital punishment. Wow. Wow. Yep. Think about how progressive they are or were at that time compared to what we're looking at now. Yeah. Yeah. But we got fucking armed death squads living off the public tax coffer to go around fucking killing innocent people. You know, I don't think that I don't think it's talked about enough in this country that the 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 modern day police force started as slave catchers. Yep. That a lot of people are completely fucking unaware of that. I think it's I think it's a shame. Well, you know, there's we a there's a long history of uh, the cops doing union busting for companies too. Of course. Yep. Or Thanks. private security yep. firms, for that matter. Looking at you, Pinkerton. Yep. Trying, trying to fuck with Amazon now, huh? Didn't they? Uh, didn't they murder a bunch of people in um, with Coca-Cola down in uh, South America recently too? Uh, yeah, the Colombian cocaine death squads. That sounds like a killer ma- uh, band name, right? Yeah. Right. Killer just, cocaine yeah. squad or whatever the fuck I just said. Is there is there anything more metal than the Pinkertons? <laughs> it made me think of Pinkos, and I was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, I'm sorry with that. We have a really old piece on the the Battle of the Overpass, which was um, a unionization drive that was not taking place on Ford Motor Company's property. But on the pedestrian overpass that goes to Ford's property from the parking area, right? And Pinkerton security literally, like, swooped up in this fucking overpass and started beating the hell out of people. Jesus. So So gross. Yeah. So uh, if you want to go to our YouTube and search the Battle of the Overpass, you'll find about a 35-minute piece, if I remember correctly, uh, giving a brief overview of the story and what went down. Indeed. Anywho's it, what does that bring us to next? 
Well, we weren't quite done with. Oh yeah, yeah, we weren't. I see uh, that now. Sorry. Um, Officer Sure is on administrative leave, so we're giving him a fucking paid vacation now. Uh, he's been stripped of his police powers until the conclusion of the Michigan State Police investigation into potential criminal charges. I don't know what the fuck's taking him so long. It's pretty clear in the video that it's a fucking execution. So, file the fucking charges already, MSP. Um, once their investigation is complete, their findings will be given to the Kent County Prosecutor's Office for the next steps. So, um, I think you just gave me a good, like, you know in in to the next thing why has nothing happened yet uh the next headline is police union backs yeah. officer in patrick loyoya killing the police yeah. unions should not exist i mean as much as we talk about unionization that is not a a labor union that is nope. a political entity which gives the fascists that kill us in the streets uh you know okay whenever we talk about the thin blue line or you know like like the the blue wall of silence or whatever that's all because of police unions right that thin blue line literally is based in that thin line of cops protecting the other cops behind them from the public for holding them accountable for you know criminal activity that's literally what that means is they're going to stand between the public getting justice and their fucking brotherhood. Well, the thin blue line isn't so thin anymore. That's the problem. Nope. That's it, huge it's, problem. Well, no, you got conservatives all over the country fucking deep throating the boot. Yep. Right. Or like, you know, there, there's a meme that I really like. Okay, it's a sheriff, right? And he's got his bulletproof vest on and it says sheriff. And he's holding up a coffee cup like he's proud of it. And it says, don't tread on me. You know, it's got the Gadsden flag on it, right? And somebody like superimposed over it. Bro, you're the foot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, I mean, for me, I'm super pro-union. And I don't think I think it'd be very difficult to find somebody who's more pro-union than me. Um, but I, I would say, uh, and in this case, I do think a union is important for anybody who is a worker. These guys uh, need a union, but the problem with, with the, their union is that it has become, it has lost its purpose. It's no longer protecting the workers' rights. They're protecting their ability to commit crimes and that's right. not the purpose of a union it's just not if i can interject and i mean i don't mean to sound reformist or anything right but what i think should happen is emergency services should have a collective union right social workers okay, oh yeah agreed. fire department ems and the police not just the pigs being like no dude i got your back bro well I'm sorry, you were, going to, you were going to say something. I was just going to beg the question, do they really qualify as workers? I mean, I see them as a state-funded paramilitary force more than anything, but... Uh, you know, who are they I'm, I'm working a, for? I, I'm clearly of, of two minds, because, you know... Um, Personally, I see the damage that they're doing, right? 
but also I, I can't, I think it's because we have emphasized the wrong things with our police force. Instead of serving the community, they're, they're looking to punish criminals, right? So that's not their purpose and it shouldn't be. And if we really redetermined their values, so when we talk about defunding the police, it's not just about taking away money and, and, and getting rid of the police force. It's about really redistributing those funds to make them make sense, right? To, uh, to give police officers the right training so that they can serve the community instead of policing them. The name is the problem. We've got to figure a different way to look at our police force. They need to serve the community as opposed to themselves, as opposed to punishing criminals. That's not their purpose. It shouldn't be their purpose. If it is their purpose, they shouldn't exist. Right. Yeah. It'd be one thing to have emergency services like, okay, if you have an accident or get injured, you can call 911 and get an ambulance to take you to the fucking hospital. Um, if you're having a mental health care issue and somebody is like, holy fuck, 911, I need some help. This person is fruiting their loops. Um, okay, <laughs> send out a fucking health care professional. Not right. somebody with a fucking gun. Your gun isn't going to solve the problems that that person is having. Somebody who's got some empathy, compassion, and understanding of psychology can help, though. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. You take guys who their whole mentality and what they've been taught their entire career is that they need to, uh, they need to look at everybody as a potential criminal right? Everybody's a criminal until you've acted otherwise, right? You've got to prove to them that you're not a criminal. And then you're asking them to go and respond to these domestic disputes, to these uh, mental health crises. I, I, I don't know anybody who needs a union more than these guys. The problem is that the union's working in the wrong way. Instead of getting them the training they need to perform their duties properly, you're protecting their uh, their ability to shoot people. That's fucked. Or their ability to steal people's uh, uh, personal private property. Which, That's by the way, since we're talking about Michigan, Michigan is a civil asset forfeiture state. Yeah. yeah. They'll take your shit. Just take it. And that's and and more protecting the right in the last few years. Sorry, they, I just want to interject one thought. They have taken more people's shit in the last few years than actual robberies. Yeah. Ah. There you go. That's a fact I didn't know. That's fantastic. That, and that just goes to That's point. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, wow. What a hoot. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Interrupt your train of thought there, man. I just. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a good point. Absolutely. So, so back to like the, the facts in this case, the Grand Rapids Police Officer Association called the death tragic, but said, quote, an officer has the legal right to protect themselves and community in a volatile, dangerous situation such as this. 
in order to return to his or her family at the end of their shift. Time out. He had a fucking traffic thing, right? Right. And then that he was chased like down, tackled, subdued, and then shot in the back of the head. Right. If you that, that cop didn't have anything he needed to protect himself from. Right. The community exactly. needed protected from him at that fucking moment. If you have to chase somebody down and shoot them in the back of the head to protect yourself, that's not protecting yourself. Nope. Not at all. That's, that's a horrible excuse. And that, that does not carry weight in this at all. Any thinking person would know better than that. Right. I also want to take the moment to say there's been almost daily uh, protests in Grand Rapids since the video came out. And I want to say that it's not, it doesn't seem from what I've seen on the internet anyway, to be the same group of liberals showing up with the Black Lives Matter sign and then going back to brunch the next day. It seems like the more dedicated activists are the ones that are turning out. So sure, there's not tens of thousands of people like there was in 2020, but the people that are there seem to be a little more focused than they were in 2020. Um, I don't they're know. Dedicated I mean, to the cause. They're what? They're dedicated to the cause. They have a directive. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the family... Oh, yeah, I skipped a part. Uh, Grand Rapids residents were at the city commission meeting chanting, whose city, our city, whose streets, our streets. Pretty straightforward, pretty recycled uh, slogans there, but, you know, everybody knows them already. Uh, Patrick's family wants sure fired and charged. I don't think that that's an unreasonable request in any fucking way. Me neither. To be fair, that's that's the least they can do is charge him with the crime of having fucking murdered, executed Patrick Leoya. This is first degree. This isn't some manslaughter bullshit or anything like that. This is fucking straight up murder. You cat yeah. somebody in the back of the head while you're sitting on their back and their face down in the fucking grass? That's fucking murder. You had no other intention other than to commit murder when you already had this person physically subdued and you chose to draw your fucking gun and pop one in the back of his fucking head. Fuck you, Chris Sure. Earlier Tuesday, uh, Police Chief Eric Windstorm told a community forum that he wants to put more em emphasis on officers knowing how to turn down the heat during tense situations. Quote, I guarantee that we can do more. Actually, that's one of the things I've already reached out to my colleagues to say. Hey, I need some curriculum because we are going to beef it up. This is the thing. Okay, it doesn't come down, I think to the training that they get. I think it has to do with the type of people that they recruit largely and the system itself being born of racism. I think that those are the bigger issues here, right? And the power they presume to have in this position that is supposed to be serving the community, but it isn't at all because they're fucking lied to. Everybody's fucking lied to and told that cops are authorities. They're not fucking authorities. They're goddamn employees. Our fucking tax dollars pay for their entire fucking living. That is not a fucking authority. That is our employees. It's the same tired argument every single time we go through this, right? 
it's always the same people saying the same thing. If only he just listened, if he just followed orders, you know, and, and it's ironically from these people who fly the Gadsden flag. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in combination with like the Punisher thin blue line flag that in itself is a walking fucking conundrum because the Punisher hated dirty cops. But I digress. They want to combine that bootlicking flag with, you know, the don't tread on me. They're confused. I agree. If, if Punisher existed in real in the real world, this cop would be dead already. Thank you. I mean, yeah, straight up. So this kind of ties in, right? This the, we're, we're talking about how this whole thing is systemic. Uh, well, Mercado Media was reporting the 27th um, about the Minnesota Department of Human Rights found that the city of Minneapolis and the Minneapolis Police Department, surprise, uh, have been engaging in a pattern or practice of race discrimination in violation of the Minnesota Human Rights Act. Duh. Exactly. <laughs> Moving forward, and I want to know the kind of teeth that this is going to have. I want to know if it's going to be enforceable. But moving forward, the Minnesota Department of Human Rights will work with the city to develop a consent decree, which is a court-enforceable agreement that identifies specific changes to be made and timelines for those changes to occur. And the uh, Department of Human Rights will be meeting with community members, officers, city staff, and other stakeholders. Who the fuck are those other stakeholders? To gather feedback on what should be included in a consent decree to address racial discrimination in policing in Minneapolis. How about we start by so not sending... this is going to be sending... back? Huh? This is going to be back by the courts, you said? That's what it says. So can police um, officers respectfully disagree? <laughs> Probably. And be like, my union backs me on this. Puckers. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking wild. I fucked up your rhythm. I'm sorry, man. It's all good. It's it's all good. I think other than the unionization stuff, which I probably want to save for towards the end, the, the only other U.S. thing that I have is uh, Tesla shedding a hundred billion dollars plus in value <laughs> in one day. Glory be. Mario sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I closed it. No, hold on. The moment's over. The moment's over. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. It's loading. <laughs> oh, my volume was down. Take two. There we go. Yeah, the moment was over, but it's cool. I got it anyway. Um, this brought Tesla's market capitalization down to $906 billion. Now, just to put that in perspective, if somehow you were able to be alive from the time that Chris Columbus set foot in the Americas, right, in 1492. If you were to make $200,000 every single day since 1492, you would still not have enough money to buy Twitter, right, which was $44 billion. 
let alone the $906 billion that Tesla's market capitalization is still at. It was over a trillion dollars. Right. It had a 12% drop. <laughs> yeah. And it's still more money than you can make in countless lifetimes. Come the Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. If the $44 billion... If if you were making twenty thousand what, what no two hundred thousand dollars a day every day since fourteen ninety two and you didn't have forty four billion dollars, then okay. Tr- l- let me put it another way, right? Like let's say that somebody from a hundred years ago came to the future, right? And they saw that a company had a market capitalization of nine hundred and six billion dollars. <laughs> Could they even like really comprehend how much money that is? No. Because nobody can. Still can't. Have you, uh, <laughs> right? Have you seen Have you seen the movie A Blast from the Past? No, uh, I think that's uh, sound familiar. Hiding in a bunker. Frazier gets locked in a time capsule, whatever, like in a in a bunker. Right? He comes out of the bunker finally, and it's you know he's he's made his way through decades or whatever. He ends up having a whole bunch of money because he had stock in general electric or something from when it first started. Right. So, wow. so just thinking of it that way, like if he walked up and still had shares of general electric from when he was in the cave, right. he walks out and he goes, Oh, I still can't buy Tesla stock. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that really yeah. puts it in perspective. <laughs> Yeah, but. like that movie is 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 now is not timely anymore. So. <laughs> um, so this is where it gets fun, right? So Musk has pledged more than half of his Tesla shares as collateral for his forty-four billion dollar takeover of Twitter. In other words, uh, if Tesla's value sinks, Musk could be required to sell his shares to meet his loan obligations leading to a downward downward spiral in both his net worth and Tesla's worth, right? Because if he's selling up, if he owns as many shares as he does and he's got to sell them off to make his loan obligations, right? It's going to be a downward spiral. And analysts are saying that, uh, that both Tesla and Musk's worth are going to be affected by two main factors. One, the amount Musk is committed to the Twitter purchase, and two, the fears he'll become distracted from his role as Tesla's chief executive. And analysts say the easy part for Musk was winning Twitter. The hard part is going to be fixing it and dealing with the ripple effects on the golden child Tesla. And and just for a, a, a drop in the bucket of what this could turn into, Musk's net worth was $270 billion last week, and it was down to $240 billion by Tuesday. I'm sure he's really feeling it. Yeah. Dude, and and, I mean, I was honestly like skeptical on whether or not I even wanted to fucking talk about this today, right? Because like there are people coming out of the fucking woodwork. There are chuds, as Dean would call them, coming out of the woodwork to defend this fucking jackass. Oh, but he worked hard for his money. You know how many times I've read that today alone? Right. And it's like, okay, you clearly don't know what the fuck you're talking about, people, because he didn't work hard for shit. Mommy and daddy were wealthy when he was born. 
Exactly. He got seed capital from his uh, 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 apartheid era emerald mine owning parents. Right. Right. To he start PayPal. Reparations. He should be paying fucking reparations to South Africa before he worries about buying goddamn Twitter. Oh, and that's the irony. Is somebody said something to the other day to me. It was like, shouldn't you be happy that an African-American is, is doing so well? I'm like, all right. <laughs> Whoa. The colonizer. Whoa. Oh, Holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the links they will fucking leap to. That's some mental gymnastics right there. Can you, can you imagine somebody saying that to you? That just made me want to headbutt a butter knife. Yeah. 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 It was awesome, Terry. Wow. I'm not sure if they were joking, but I can't I really. Hope. These days, you don't know. You don't know. I hope that was sarcasm of premium level. God. All right, I guess we're into. Uh, I mean, do you do you have any more riffing on Musk? Actually, I do. Elon, Elon, buddy. <laughs> we have this Patreon here for you. It's only a hundred k a month. You won't even miss it. Right, you make. That you just lost thirty billion dollars in a day. You're not going to care about a hundred thousand. We'll make better use of it than you. Actually, you know, you could just send us like the whole six billion dollars that you offered to like end world hunger with, right? And the UN gave you a budget, buddy, right? And then you ignored it. We'll give you a special discount for six hundred for the next six hundred years if you pay us a hundred thousand dollars. So you forget. <laughs> There, now I'm done. Now I'm done riffing on Elon Musk. You know he watches the show religiously, right? <laughs> I mean, one can only hope. Maybe he learned yeah. something. Dude, you remember the time that he tweeted that Marx was a capitalist and that he even wrote a book on it? And it's like, are you Marx? confused? You're confused. <laughs> Marx is a capitalist. Did he, he even think wrote a book on it. Capital was, was yes, a, he yes, that's what he was implying is that capital was about cap. Well, it was about capitalism, but it wasn't like yeah, dude, I'm a capitalist. Wasn't pro capitalism. It, it reminds me of that meme of Marx just sitting there like, and it just says, "I can tell you didn't read the book, bro." <laughs> <laughs> it's like that conversation I had earlier where somebody was like uh, saying something to the effect of that, you know, there's no such thing as a, a oh, if socialists are so keen on on uh, uh, on worker run uh, companies, then why hasn't there been a successful one? You know, I don't. All, I don't even know that it even requires Google. It just takes common sense. I mean, I do I do a significant chunk of my grocery shopping at a work-around co-op that it's a mile down the road from my house. Yeah, and it's pretty dope. So do literally millions of other people. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever been to a Publix. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so let's uh, fly across the Pacific for a while, right? 
So we talked briefly about this in the intro, right? But so like a month ago, Russia told Europe that if they wanted to continue to get Russian gas, then they needed to pay for it in rubles or gold, not euros or dollars as they have been doing. And uh, Poland and Bulgaria tried to pay in euros, as I understand it. And Russia turned off their gas flow. Right. And then they're trying to call it blackmail. Yeah. Now it's payment declined. <laughs> right. Here's the right. free market at work. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're they're saying that Russia breached their contract by changing their payment terms, but like wouldn't Poland have been or Bulgaria have been breaching their contract with the sanctions that were targeting Gazprom to begin with? Yeah. They fucked around and they found out. If you don't want no shit, don't start no shit. Right. I guess Poland and Bulgaria shouldn't have started this shit. <laughs> well, I can't go to McDonald's and, and pay them in yen. You know what I mean? Right. I can't just decide what the fuck I want to pay them with. Right? And, no, and I've had a McDonald's like deny a Canadian quarter. Right. So tomorrow morning they decided they were all going to convert to the Deutschmark. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't have any say in what they decide they're going to take. It doesn't matter what, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't see the logic in that being blackmailed. No, you can buy your gas from other countries. You chose to buy it from us. You pay me in what I asked you to pay me. That's it. I don't know the nuances of the contract, but let's not be absurd here. It doesn't seem like that's something that's written into them. <laughs> you know? Right. Must maintain acceptance of these forms of currency. I highly doubt that there is any fine print of that nature in there. Yeah. So I'm going to go through some of these talking points. If you want to interject, just, just do it. Because I'm just going to rattle through these because there's there's quite a bit to it. Go for it. The Russian national energy giant Gazprom announced Wednesday that it was cutting off natural gas exports to Poland and Bulgaria over the country's refusal to pay in rubles, seen as a way for Russia to prop up its unstable currency and to retaliate against its European neighbors for sanctions related to the Ukrainian invasion. Um, experts are saying it marks a new front in the war, using the continent's heavy reliance on Russian national gas as political leverage. But time the fuck out. Do we not do the same thing? Does the petrodollar mean nothing to Western media? That. It's hypocrisy. It, it really is. Because who started this shit once again? Okay, even when it comes to the sanctions and shit, that's Western influence. So. Um, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. Fucking, I am not looking forward to this summer's grain prices. Straight up. I mean, two of the leading exporters of wheat in the world are Ukraine and Russia. Right. I mean, let alone the energy crisis, which, I mean, we know that, like, Royal Dutch Shell, for example, or British Petroleum are, uh, you know, like, price gouging us. Sure. Yeah. 
I mean, how many billion or how many millions rather of barrels have we taken out of our strategic reserves to make the gas prices fall 20 cents? Right. After jumping a dollar. Especially when we only even import about 3% of our imported oil from Russia. It's not making a huge dent in, you know, what we're able to import because for fuck's sake, the companies have probably already balanced that out with just buying some more from a couple other countries. Right. There is some shortage. Well, I mean, honestly, though, it's working out well, it seems, for India and China because now they can purchase gas cheaper. Fair. Which, I mean, you know, is hilarious. Like the rest of the world, all the places that are sanctioning Russia specifically are facing skyrocketing gas prices but like you know the the countries that are like not my circus not my monkeys right they're like yeah we'll pay in rubles whatever and now they're getting a massive discount compared to the rest of the world Mm -hmm. you'd think they'd jump on that deal to pay in rubles right it's weird that they wouldn't right uh, what this quote blackmail? I <laughs> I still can't believe they're calling it blackmail. That. Yeah, that's just a very strange term to be using for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're trying to make that emotional plea to the people, like feel bad for us. We're being blackmailed. No, you're just being held accountable for your shit. You can pay in the proper currency or fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> So what this blackmail can mean for the continent and the world is that it could potentially accelerate the EU's transition away from Russia energy, which is it started before the invasion. Right. But 40 percent of the European Union's gas comes from Russia. If you're looking at specific countries like Germany, I think it is, is just shy of 70 percent of their gas comes from Russia. Um. So they're now they're trying to wean themselves off of Russian energy, and this isn't exactly new. Uh, the months leading up to the invasion was a lot of Europe being like, we need to get off of Russian gas. Why don't we just get off of gas? Right. Well, a lot of European nations are were heading in that direction. I'll tell you, during COVID, uh, you know, friends in the UK, we're complaining about it being about $5 a liter. Now, I don't know if you know what that translates to here, but that's that's outrageously expensive. Outrageously expensive. Well, yeah, I mean that. Okay, so I know that a liter and a quart, a liter and a quart aren't exactly, you know, the same, but like. They're close. Relatively close, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about like relatively $20 a gallon. Well, 20 right. euro a gallon, I guess it would. Well, no, because they're back on the pounds. Fucking British. Uh, let's see. 50 Fucking pounds British. is around $58. So 20 pounds would be around 22 $23. It's a dollar and a quarter. Um, the, the British pound is a dollar and a quarter, and a quart 
uh, I mean, a liter is about a quarter, a little over a quarter gallon. So yeah, so we're talking about, you know, five, five pounds per liter. That's, you know, $15 a gallon, or I'm sorry, $20 a gallon. Is like twenty five, twenty four dollars, twenty five dollars. Yeah, twenty five dollars a gallon. That's outrageous. People don't drive anywhere anymore. You know, and, and and so they're trying to combat that. I mean, they've been ahead of us on on other um, sources of energy for a long time, but that doesn't mean anything. They're still dependent on oil, just like the rest of us. We've got to fix it. They've got to fix it. And uh, I'm wondering who's going to lead the way on that. Right. So this threat shows that Russia is prepared to penalize other larger European countries for failing to pay in rubles, even if that means Gazprom takes a financial hit. Here's my thing, though. I don't think that Gazprom is going to take the financial hit that they think it will. They're going to sell it in other markets for starters. Okay. And gas that Russia doesn't sell is gas that Russia can use. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're talking about energy prices rising as if that hasn't been happening anyway. Uh, could rise across the world as the EU seeks fuel elsewhere. Uh, European countries that stop buying from Russia will have to buy somewhere else. Weird how that works. Which could lead to a shakeup in global energy markets spiking prices. Because greed doesn't do that already? Right. Huh. We're already seeing the greed come into play. There ain't even a shortage. In every, in every market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, of now, with summer approaching, gas demand is lower, but prices will definitely spike in the winter. And I don't even think that I can like really put into words how concerning that is alone. Europe uses a lot. They primarily use gas for heating mm -hmm. or oil. Either way, it's petroleum products. I mean, I guess to, a, to an extent, so do we. But, I mean, I live in Arizona. We do a lot of electric heating here because we don't have to rely on it for six months out of the year right only at night during two three months <laughs> right if that honestly right. uh, european energy crunch could lead to a larger financial crisis man i don't okay so like energy is only a small part of that we already talked about grain we didn't talk about fertilizer but fertilizer prices are fucking ridiculous because maybe a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of our chemical-based fertilizers come from Russia. Yep. That. And a lot of our grain comes from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they just got back on their feet, too, from Stalin eating all their grain. <laughs> Shots fired. All of it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You ever see it? Well, I know you have, Trisha, but you know the meme that I'm referencing in that, right? I do. I saw it the other day. Yes. 
Stalin's got a big old stogie, right? And it said uh, Stalin smoking the joint that caused them to have the munchies, which caused them to eat all the grain in Ukraine. Yep. The doobie that caused Telemordor. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Famine is funny. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so like, never mind. I'm not going down the historical Ukraine grain famine rabbit hole i'm just not i was gonna but i'm not if if you can rag on me for being a trotskyite i get to get a few shots in (laughs) it is only fair (laughs) yeah yeah however the farmers didn't choose to starve themselves we can't leave that off the table they chose to burn their own fucking harvest rather than sell it to the state and it's like why would you do that (laughs) The profit's not big enough, so fuck it. Everybody gets to go hungry now, starting with ourselves. Huh? That's a hell of a hunger strike. It didn't work well. <laughs> did you did you see that uh, that minister who tried to do a a, a hunger strike? Mm-mm. Oh, the one that the one that died. Yeah, he died. <laughs> he, he 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 went thirty days without food and died. He was trying to like. <laughs> He was trying what to beat Jesus's be? record. <laughs> right. God. Can you imagine being a minister and wanting to beat Jesus's record? Okay. The ego involved there, bro. For real. This is This is God's avatar on earth. God. I'm going to beat that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's like Okay, first of all, guy it's a meat suit you're riding around in. If you don't put nutrients in it, it can't replace cells. When it can't replace cells, you die. It stops functioning. Can you drive your car with no gas and no oil and no tranny fluid? No. Not for very long. Not for very long. Yeah, it's going to blow up. I just I, I just love the, the – it just – can you imagine the – the, uh, the ego that you would have to have to say, I'm going to beat Christ. <laughs> right. I got this. Watch this. Oh, you think that this. was fucking cool? Watch this. See what I can do. Sorry, Stewie came out. <laughs> Look at what I can do. <laughs> Stop it, Stuart. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. So we're we're almost to the end of this one, but th- this this fucking gets me right. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, I might have butchered that. I don't know. Said, oh. "quote This is unjustified and unacceptable, and it shows once again the unreliability of Russia as a gas supplier." Time out. The unreliability of the country that has been supplying you gas for like a hundred years. Right. Like, they're totally reliable. It's you that wants to whine about not wanting to go to the bank and convert some money. I like that they're like, well, you know what? They're completely unreliable. That's why we rely on them for 70% of our oil. (laughs) So unreliable. They've only carried us for a fucking century. Yeah, literally. I, I mean, when did the Soviets start drilling in Siberia? When was the when were the pipelines into Europe built? It was like the fifties, right? It was like the Khrushchev era. No, it was twenty twenty two. 
They just started picking <laughs> up. Just started that. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I know they were drilling in Siberia longer than that, but I mean, the pipeline was built in the Khrushchev era, right? Right. I mean, like, fuck, Khrushchev? dude. Yeah. That's still like 75 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's absurd to me. The whole logic. I just don't think they know, they hear themselves when they speak. You know, these guys are so unreliable. And <laughs> why are you buying from them? Why are you, why are you? Someone? relying on them <laughs> right why are you salty because they told you that if you want to continue to rely on them you need to go to the bank <laughs> just just go to the um, bank right really the, easy. These, guys, these guys fucked their entire country because they wouldn't do what i had to do when i went on vacation Right. <laughs> like last yeah, time I, I checked, currency exchange is pretty fucking easy to handle. Um, so the oh, Kremlin yeah. said the move was, quote, a necessary response to what it called unprecedented, unfriendly steps. I think that's putting it very professionally. Uh, including a decision to freeze the Russian central bank's foreign currency reserves. And that's ultimately what this comes down to, right? The Kremlin says, quote, they blocked our accounts, or to put it in Russian, they stole a significant portion of our reserves, yes. which we did. We absolutely did. Why would Russia? Why would the? Why would Gazprom, more specifically, uh, accept payment in a foreign currency if it's going to be seized before it ever gets put in the central bank account? Right. What's well, the whole reason why they're paying then that way? Right. And I, I mean, you know, since apparently we need an expert opinion on this, some Russia-based analysts are saying that taking payment in rubles is simply a way for Gazprom to protect its revenues from Western sanctions. Whoa. <laughs> right. We had to rely on the experts to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like uh, another moment of... Can we remind you that you fucked around and now you're finding out? It, it, they're like, how dare you have accountability for my actions? Why should I suffer the repercussions of my actions? I only tried to fuck you with a sanction. You're not supposed to turn around and fuck me back with telling me that the only way to get gas from you now is to work around the sanction I put against you. Yeah, what? dude, it's it's fucking unbelievable, right? It's toddler logic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so Scott, um, what are we looking at time wise on this recording? Oh well, we started recording before we started talking, didn't we? We did. We've got, we've got some got a good portion here. I don't know. It won't tell me. Oh. Oh. I do see that, that it's almost two a.m. where you're at, though. Yeah, I do see that, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I don't do well on no sleep. So this is a, this is for you. This is, I love you guys. All right, well that that's fine. We can uh, we can wrap it up. I kind of feel like next week we should do an additional episode focusing on U.S. labor movement stuff because there's been a lot, 
And it's been difficult to try to fit it into the current event streams because capitalism is collapsing for the fourth time in my lifetime. So there's kind of a lot to talk about. Yeah. Our, our, this, is, this is my fourth once-in-a-lifetime recession. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, what happened to that once-in-a-lifetime factor? <laughs> there's actually a book about it, about um, society's collapse happening um, on a cycle. I can't remember the name of the damn book at the moment but my brain will come back to it and uh, I'll, I'll have it for the next show for you guys i'll send it's it to right you. on it reminds so, me of uh, the application of ecological boom and bust theory being applied to economics yeah i um i'm gonna send a link in this chat here for you guys if you want to like God damn it. Read along. But I got some pictures to show. Pictures. Pictures, pictures. 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 Ooh. Um, so people in Sri Lanka are calling for a general strike to pressure the president to step down. Uh, business districts are closed, as you see. Fucking completely shuttered up. Completely. Um, look at all them bananas. Them bananas are free. There's nobody guarding them. <laughs> Monkey thought, heaven over you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously you see the caption right here. The shortages of imported essentials like fuel, cooking gas, medicine, and milk have left people standing in lines for hours to buy limited stock. Weird. So it's almost like that's not a communism thing, right? Because that's what we like to say about about the, the lines in Cuba, right? It has to do with economic crisis, which in the case of Cuba is inflicted entirely by the U.S. embargo. This is right. obviously a different situation. But the point is that it's not a cause of communism. It's a cause of economic distress right or which we are definitely experiencing under capitalism right now right everywhere and and, yeah that that's what i was gonna say these pictures are just the beginning capitalism this is capitalism imploding on itself because it's not fucking sustainable but i mean dude everything's empty they're calling for a general strike um let me scroll back up here uh but okay so like let me rephrase. There aren't just people calling for a general strike. Hundreds of trade unions are calling for a general strike. Schools and businesses were closed. Public private transportation was interrupted. Banks partially shut uh, in support of a one-day strike on Thursday, uh, which came amid a growing economic and political crisis. Uh, trade union trade union activist. I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this. I'm sorry. Wasantha Samarasinki. I probably butchered that. Said this is one of the biggest general strikes launched by workers with more than 1,000 trade unions supporting the action. Now this is just a one-day general strike, but let's be real about it. That crippled the economy for a day. Which, 
Well, I guess I can't say it was today now because, you know, we're airing this tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the general strike was held as thousands of people continue to protest opposite the president's office in the capital, uh, Colombo, for the 20th consecutive day, asking him and his elder brother, Prime Minister, his brother? Oh, my God, dude. The president and the prime minister are brothers. Of course they are. You fucking kidding me? Oh, man. Big surprise. Oh, my God. Some of the protesters are also camped out at the premier's residence located two, kilo- two kilometers away from the president's office. Protests are also being held on a regular basis in towns across the Indian Ocean Island nation. Um, so, actually, how I got turned on to this situation in Sri Lanka to begin with is Emily is still you know working in the lab at ASU and there are actually the majority of the people in her lab currently are Sri Lankan and this has been going on for I mean the general strike is a a new development of that but there's been mass action going on there for like two months now to the point where the government has blocked out internet the government has uh, you know like broken up protests with tear gas, rubber bullets, um, supposedly live ammo in limited instances. Point is, this is not like something that just started today. This has been months in the making. Right. Right. Um, well, you know, nepotism always makes for a really great government. Indeed. What was the prime minister's name? Jared Kushner? Uh, Mahinda Rahapaska, Rahapaksa? No. It's okay. Doing great, Rob. <laughs> Whatever that last name is, the president and the prime minister both have that last name. It's uh, like they're related. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sri Lanka is reeling under its worst economic crisis since independence from British rule in 1948. The shortages of dollars to purchase fuel, gas, and medicines have resulted in high inflation and long queues outside stores and fuel stations. The government has sought help from the IMF, the World Bank, Asian Development Bank, and countries like India and China. I would much like to see, I would personally much rather see China step in to help them out, to be honest. China's loans come with infrastructure upgrades, and extremely low interest rates and uh you know they're not going to send in the military to make sure that their loan is repaid uh the imf will probably send in the u.s military to make sure the loan is repaid i don't know man that's something else we haven't talked about in a while too actually Remind me yeah. for next week's stream to look into seeing how China's Belt and Road investments in Cuba are going. It's been several months now. I would imagine things are starting to materialize, starting to materialize on the ground. It'd be interesting to see. And that was basically in exchange for Cuban vaccines, if I understand uh, correctly, which is also interesting because doesn't China also have their own vaccines? They might, but 
might not have had him as quickly as Cuba did. I don't know. I'd have to look at the timeline and see. Well, shit, Cuba had him as quickly as we did. Right. Yeah, probably faster. And, and you know, you think about how many people are in China. Right. You know, uh, no matter how, how good you are at getting that produced, that's a lot of people to cover. So yeah, like a billion and a half, and they've yeah. uh, they've been giving aid through the pandemic to India as well, which is another country of like a billion and a half people. Right. Actually, I think India might have a larger population than China now. Does it? I didn't know that. I know it's more dense. I don't. I don't remember if they have surpassed China yet. You're more India dense. Population. New tab. China population. Okay. India's population is 1.369 or 1.36 billion people. Uh, China, 1.41 billion people. Yeah. So, okay. It's not quite there yet. But the density, though, 426 people per square kilometer uh, estimated 2011 in India. I thought, hold on, hold on. Thanks, Norman Borlaug. Wow. Point is, is that India is first in density, population density. Uh, China is 83rd in population density. China, there we go, is 145 people per square kilometer. India is 426 people per square kilometer. That's wild. That was the last thing I had anyway. So now we just have our plugging stuff, you know, like... You can find us on Facebook at For We Are Many Podcast, as well as on the Left Signal Boost TV. Uh, and we're on pretty much all of the social medias. Yeah, yeah most of the platforms will be For We Are Many Podcast or at For We Are Many Podcast. The exception is Twitter, at For We Are Many 2. Why? I don't know. Twitter's just felt like popping a 2 on there. Yeah. Is that for we are many as well? No, for we are many for, and the number. The number, the number two. two. Yes. Yeah, there was probably like a band called for we are many or something that was at for we are many. So it was like two. Yes. <laughs> the second coming. Nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, so we are, Jesus Christ, Patreon, there we go, Discord, we are launching a Discord for our Patreon subscribers, our, our patrons, if you will, I don't know, dude, I'm tired too, I'm losing it, Uh, if you enjoy the things that we bring you. Like this gold right now. <laughs> right. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you will get more of it. <laughs> right. And a lot of it earlier than others. 
pre-releases. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, like things where we'll publish the first half hour of a segment and put the rest uh, for the Patreon subscribers, things like that. Um, but I would like to encourage all of our patrons and all of our soon-to-be patrons, hopefully, to uh, sign up for our Discord if you want to be a part of that. Uh, just, you know, subscribe to our Patreon and hit us up. We'll shoot you the link. We'll get you in. For the rest of you, we will be opening the Discord up to the public. Well, most of it up to the public um, at some point in the future, but not today. <laughs> not today. You are, you're all polished in grace, Rob. <laughs> are, you, are you making fun of me, Scott? No, no, not at all. Uh, remember, where's folks, my ice can... pick? <laughs> <laughs> you can buy Rob's self-help book. Get some confidence, stupid! At fine bookstores everywhere. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh fuck. Join us on May Day for yeah. an episode about May Day. That's May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we're also doing some more crossovers with Bread Theory. Um, Monday night, you can catch us there doing um, Howard Zinn's uh, The People's History of the United States. And on Wednesday, we'll be doing Mao's Combating Liberalism. Let's join us for that.
goddamn liberals.